0: Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to marketing strategies to regulatory pressures. Upcycled foods and beverages made from ingredients traditionally not consumed by people are gaining popularity with consumers seeking more sustainable diets, creating a fast-growing market opportunity estimated to be worth more than billion, which startups and emerging brands are seizing quickly. According to the Upcycled Food Association, approximately $940 billion are lost annually due to food loss and waste that could be converted to value-added ingredients and finished products that many consumers not only would buy, but would do so at premium prices. Indeed, a Mattson study found 39% of consumers currently wish to buy foods and beverages made with upcycled ingredients, and 57% say they plan to buy more of these in the future. Their interest in helping to fuel an estimated 5% increase in the compound annual growth rate of the upcycled food waste sector, which Future Market Insights estimates is worth $46.7 billion in 2019. While many large CPG companies in recent years have set ambitious goals to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, adopt more environmentally friendly packaging, and lower their use of limited resources, emerging brands and startups appear to be taking the lead on leveraging upcycling as a way to move the needle on sustainability, while also creating consumer excitement around novel products or modern twists on classic favorites. In this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast, three emerging brands that won accolades from market analysts and investors through Rabobank's Food Bites pitch competition in 2020 discuss the emergence of upcycling, the need behind it, its market potential, and their unique approaches to creating a more sustainable and reliable food supply by finding new uses for what was previously considered waste. The idea of upcycling food is relatively new, with the formal definition only being penned last year by the Upcycled Food Association, which in and of itself is new as of 2019. But the problems of food waste and food insecurity that upcycling tackles are age-old and pernicious they're also why TJ Gagliardi says that he co-founded the Canadian company Outcast Foods, which dehydrates would-be wasted ugly or unwanted produce to create value-added ingredients that brands can incorporate in foods and beverages to boost both their nutritional value and their sustainability story.
1: Food waste is something that I don't think anyone really talked about until, I'd say, within the last three to five years. And now it's become become such a popular topic, and you know the amount of food that's wasted globally is is really astounding. I mean, roughly a third of all the food that we create is ever waste is wasted. So that's over a billion tons a year. And the first time I saw that number, it's it's hard to wrap your head around it because uh, as a Canadian, you know we know that a ton is a thousand kilos, which is a pretty big number. And if there's a billion of those, it's it's just it's mind-blowing. So at the end of the day, though, it it starts in the farmer's fields. It moves up to harvesting, processing, all the way through distribution, and eventually into consumption. So uh, every level having waste, you can start to picture how it comes together and how that number gets to be so large. But the sad fact is, is most of this waste is actually unnecessary. So cosmetic imperfections, uh, errors with best if used by dates, um, byproducts going to waste, and so on. You know, when you see it with your own eyes, let's say a truckload of bananas that's going to waste or a full field of carrots because they're too small or too big or uh, oddly shaped, you start to realize how unnecessary this is. And I think people realize that our population's growing rapidly and people need food, so... Uh, it's really shown a light on on this massive problem that we've created. Uh, our mission is really to put an end to this needless food waste. We we use our proprietary process to upcycle these rejected and irregular fruits and vegetables into dehydrated powders or pieces or slices um, that end up being used in a variety of products, all the way from supplements to better for you snacks, pet foods cosmetics, and, and many other things. So uh, it's really just the whole upcycling solution of taking something that is looked at as waste and finding value for it, and we do that through dehydration.
0: Incorporating upcycled ingredients also can give brands and new products a competitive edge, according to Galliardi, who says that sustainability is top of mind for many consumers and that they're increasingly making purchasing decisions based on environmental impact
1: and read things like the the sustainable market is going to be a $150 billion industry this year, and you look at numbers like that. But for me, it's really just what you see in the market from consumers, what they want. And you ask any customer now what's important, it's always going to be the same. It's going to be taste. It's going to be uh, what the brand story is. And now a big part is sustainability. So if you're a brand in the market right now and, and you're not adding something a piece that's around sustainability, whether it's your packaging or whether it's your ingredients, uh, you're putting yourself at a huge disadvantage. So um, on our on our B2B side, our ingredient side, we've seen a massive uptick in the last couple of years, really, just because everyone's trying to find a way to make their brand stick out a little more, and sustainability is just at top of mind for everyone.
0: While sustainability may be top of mind for many people, upcycling is still a relatively unfamiliar term for many consumers, according to Vanessa Murillo, who co-founded the startup I Am Grounded in Australia, and recently launched a snack bar using upcycled coffee fruits. She explains that for upcycling to have a significant impact on food waste and food insecurity, brands and companies of all sizes need to help demystify the term.
2: Upcycling is, is being tied to sustainability and for some consumers, upcycling was recently or has always been tied to, uh, furniture or clothing. And so by pointing it or terming it upcycling, we're just basically taking a term that's already existed for a long time and people have always known about, which is, uh, um, you know, rescued or reusing or repurposing. And we're just giving it a new name. Um, and with the, giving it a new name, you have to demystify the term and um, part of the education our brand has to do and um, as well as other upcycle companies, we have to make consumers um, trust that upcycling is not just waste um, And you know there's early studies suggesting that consumers uh, you know do trust it as long as it's explained in the packaging and that um, th- that impact is, is uh, he, good for the planet and good for me situation. Um, but, yeah, so for people like millennials on Gen z we're a bit more open to adopting the term upcycling, but I think it's it's definitely uh, something that we need to work towards in terms of demystifying that term. Um, for example, it needs to be more um, packaging where, for example, Vegemite or Marmite, they upcycle, they use um, upcycle barley to make their Vegemite, um, and to, to, like calling it out, um, you know, with brands that have already been using it, would be helpful. But it, it just means that we just need to work a little bit harder if we want to use it as a as a call out in our packaging. Um, but that's the fun part of it. So we've really we've really gone into digital. We've really um, you know established strong digital e-commerce um, strategies to onboard people from that discovery, awareness, and then trialing our product. Um, recently launched a, um, a three-bar trial of our bars so people can understand what it tastes like and that we're finding that that's a good way to get them to trial it before they go into a subscription or buy a box um, so we're exploring different options at the end of the day of cycle companies want to be reducing food waste any way possible and that uh, needs to that information and that help needs to come from big companies that adopt that for example, Nestle just bought the first cascara sparkling beverage which um, we were amazed by because we know Nestle obviously they, they produce they buy coffee and, and they're one of the biggest coffee companies or companies that um, sell coffee products in the world and they are already adopting coffee fruit products.
0: As consumer awareness and demand for upcycled ingredients grows and more companies incorporate them, Marilla cautions that industry will need to remain vigilant to ensure that products are produced ethically and safely.
2: The adoption will only mean that more companies will start to look at upcycling and what that means, but it also means that we need to be uh, conscious about how we produce that pr- with upcycled foods. Uh, it's really important that, especially if we're using fruits and vegetables from at origin and um, they're being picked or parts that are used up- when they're being picked, that they are processed. Uh, with With fruits, they do ferment, um, so what we do is we have a process that with some uh, companies in Colombia that have been working on this um, for a long time. So this is a few years' research and technology that needs to be invented at Origin to really create a healthy and safe product. Um, some farming communities are starting to dry the, the coffee fruit, so washing, washing after it's been depulped, and then drying it in the sun and then creating like a tea leaf or a powder. Um, but, you know, some benefits around what they could be in terms of drying it before it ferments, drying it before um, it's it's toxic is a big one. So with us, we've been very cautious to work with um, people who have been taking research for for 10 years to really understand how we can utilize this byproduct um, and as coffee fruit does become you know trending and it is more popular and people become more aware that coffee is a fruit we need to be careful about the type of um, way we consume that fruit um, because as you said it has to be safe to consume.
0: Gagliardi echoed Marillo's concerns about rapidly scaling production of upcycled ingredients Adding some upcycled ingredients may require a longer lead time, while supply and demand find an equilibrium.
1: So the ingredient side is, there's, it's almost a chicken and an egg situation where as a, as a business that's built off of surplus, we have to always know exactly how much we need to bring in, where it's coming from, and also at the other end of the spectrum is, is know that we have customers for it. So the good thing about the dehydration is, is, is our products have a two- to three-year shelf life, so that gives us some wiggle room to, to find customers after we process it. But since this this market's so hot right now, we're finding that we can't process fast enough to keep up with our with our customers. So it's an exciting problem to have, but it's also uh, very demanding when it comes to logistics and, and when it comes to really relationships and, and knowing exactly – where to get the product from, and let's say a customer comes and, and they want to buy ten thousand kilos of spinach powder. We need to know immediately who our top spinach providers are of, of surplus product, and be able to get that into the queue right away, so our customer, uh, you know, gets the product when they need it and exactly how they need it immediately.
0: As optimistic as Marillo is about the potential of upcycling to improve sustainability of the food production chain, she stresses it is only part of the solution and should not be treated as an easy box to check to make green claims.
2: Um, I think tied in the challenges of upcycling are um, as soon as your business is tied to sustainability, you have that responsibility in all aspects of the production, the packaging. To, to be sustainable, and that's because consumers just they, they want that from you, and we found that from our, from our end. And um, so for us, the challenge is how do we continue to grow and scale our business, um, you know, leanly because we're seed, and still be sustainable in aspects, so still use, uh, you know, sustainable packaging, sustainable carbon-neutral barriers, um, uh, sustainable production like everything has to be thoughtful and impactful and um, and I, I I wish that companies companies would also be more transparent about how they're going about being more sustainable because that would help uh, our industry the outside industry really um, get a good foot to grip on on what we're doing and how we're doing it but I'm grounded We're very Conscious about who we partner with, who our co-packers, what ingredients we use, are they sustainable? Are they organic? Are they natural? Are they local? Do we use a, a carbon uh, neutral courier? And all of these things have to, have to be thought about.
0: Beyond the environmental benefits of upcycling, the trend lends itself well to better-for-you foods and beverages, as many of the ingredients are byproducts that would be wasted. Offers significant nutritional value or can be used to replace less desirable ingredients. For example, Marilla notes that the coffee fruit she saves from the landfill and uses could be considered a superfood.
2: The research has indicated that it is it's a superfruit. It's incredible high in antioxidants, has a very high poly count, has flavonoids, that pr- provides beautiful red color of the, of the cherry, chlorogenic acid, and is, uh, you know, Early studies saying that it's linked to BDNF, brain-derived nootropic factor, which provides that mood focus and, um, and anti-inflammation. Some some good studies are coming out recently indicate it's, it's not only delicious and nutritious, but also uh, a nootropic.
0: Similarly, Kayla Castaneda, who co-founded the startup Agua Bonita, explains that she was able to cut the sugar from her ready-to-drink aguafrescas frescas by relying on the natural sweetness and flavor from the one pound of surplus and ugly produce that she saves from the landfill and packs into each can. She emphasizes that like all CPG products, those made from upcycled ingredients must taste and look good to keep consumers coming back. Otherwise, brands won't be able to survive, and if they can't survive, they can't significantly impact the food waste problem.
3: Alba Benita is the first healthy-for-you aguas Frescas to premiere on the market. We are super excited to be modernizing a traditional Mexican drink and putting them into culturally-inspired cans to really fit in line with our mission of you know, blending real fruit juice and still water and saving produce along the way to bring a just modern and sleek version of something that we grew up with to consumers at large. And we are just really proud to be able to create a product that is so uh, culturally inspired and culturally significant for us uh, as Latino women, And, yeah, just make everyone happy and give them that, you know, fresh taste experience with a product that is a little bit different than anything that's out on the market right now. I always say this, taste is always going to be the number one thing that makes consumers buy something again or brings them back to you. And so we always focus on, you know, like the taste and the quality of our product first and foremost, but when you have a mission like upcycling, it's a really great opportunity to introduce consumers to something that they may not have thought about before or that just makes them feel even better about their purchase and piques their interest as to what upcycling is. And so I think, yeah, for a lot of consumers, it's fairly new, but, you know, we use it as an opportunity to introduce the idea. Um, and we're hoping that through Creative, you know, opportunities like this, that more people will become savvy to what the movement is about and you know how to implement it, and see that it can be implemented um, into their regular lives without compromising on things like taste or things that they'd like to indulge in. I also think that our branding helps that so much. Um, I think right now people are wanting a bit of cultural escapism and something that can make them feel a little bit inspired and just a a different kind of uh, drinking experience since food and beverage is something that is so integral in everyone's homes, everyone's everyday lives. And so we have really gone off to a great start uh, on the social media front, and that has done wonders for us in getting kind of seen by these bigger players in this space uh, but then also, yeah, our work in upcycling produce has also helped us there, too, you know, because there is this huge movement for upcycling and reusing, you know, all these products. And the pandemic has highlighted all of this food insecurity and uh, the sort of weaknesses in a lot of supply chains that we have set up. And so I think the combination of those two things, of being something new and being something uh pretty to look at uh, paired with having a really nice mission and something that is at the forefront of people's minds right now has helped us uh, get some attraction
0: as each of these companies illustrates the potential for incorporating upcycled ingredients into CPG foods and beverages is high bringing not only an extra nutritional punch but a feel-good marketing story that consumers can embrace as a way to make a positive impact without sacrificing the fundamentals of taste and experience. With that, we've come to the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope you'll join me again next week for another installment. And to help you remember, I encourage you to subscribe to us. Until next time, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive, profitable, and
1: safe week.